Welcome to We Shadows, the podcast about design and technical theater in the Twin Cities. I'm your announcer, Anita Kelling. In this episode, Lee Isabaran sat down with longtime children's theater company technical director Adrian Heflin. Together, they take a deep dive into the world of technical direction. This conversation took place on October 26, 2020. So today we have Adrian Heflin uh, from the Children's Theater, um, and I was just wanting to start with like what got you started into kind of the path that you ended up on. Was there early on stuff or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So um, first of all, thanks for having me. It's always fun to talk about what we do. You know, what we do is uh, seems so crazy and mythical to some people, and it's like every day to us. So. Mm-hmm. The great thing is that, you know, if, if I do my job right, nobody knows what I do. <laughs> so it's always so fun to So we're trying to, to shine a light on you for that. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's fun to share um, a little behind the scenes. Um, uh, yeah. So I, um, I grew up in New York. Um, I'm not from the Twin Cities. I grew up in New York and I spent a lot of time um, when I was younger uh, doing lots of different things. I was always in kind of an arty kid. I liked, you know, drawing and painting and um, crafting and that kind of stuff. Um, but I would say by the time I was about maybe 10, um, I started to get um, into wanting to be in the play um, at school mostly. Um, and I was super lucky. Um, you know, we lived very close to Manhattan, not in the city, but close to the city. And my parents, uh, uh, they valued the arts and culture and those kind of experiences. And so uh, I'm super lucky. They took me to see Broadway shows and um, you know, the, uh, uh, the ballet at the Met and, you know, the MoMA <laughs> and the, you know, the Guggenheim, all these sort of great just exposure to all this art when I was a kid. And, um, and I just, I kind of loved every minute of it. And, um, and as I got older, um, I also, uh, you know, I still liked to do art stuff and, uh, but I'm not an artist. I, I am not a designer. I, I have never had those genes and, um, I was never very good at, um, like drawing or painting things that looked realistic. And when I was about 10, I took a, a class at school that was a, a mechanical drafting class, mechanical drawing, and they showed you how to draw with like a T-square and a triangle. And mm-hmm. it was kind of the first time I could draw a little like isometric shape that looked real. It looked three-dimensional. And I was blown away because I could never draw anything that that really looked real. And um, yeah. and so I thought that was architecture because when you're 10, that's what architecture is. <laughs> Um, and so I kind of did these two things side by side, like my whole life, just theater and architecture, theater, and I I never really mixed them. Um, I never understood how to mix them. And as I went through high school and, and, um, I used to go to a theater camp in the summer and, you know, I, I never learned who did all that stuff. I don't know what I thought. I mean, I, I saw the shows, right? Like, but it, there's so much emphasis placed on actors and directors, like, no one you kind of just take for granted that the world around it exists mm-hmm. um and so it wasn't until i was in college actually i i was like look i'm not an actor i'm never going to make a living doing theater you know i'll be an architect and so i went to mm-hmm. the school for architecture and um my freshman year i did no theater uh, and i was really miserable <laughs> and i didn't know why like it it didn't didn't click in my head what was going on and in between my freshman and sophomore year, um, I had the opportunity to study abroad 
um, in Italy with a, through the, the university. Uh, I went to Washington University in St. Louis. And, and through WashU, um, I was on this trip with either like 16 or 18 of us. Um, and it was a language program, but like three or four of the people on the trip were theater arts people. And we called it the Performing Arts Department, uh, the PAD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on that trip, you know, those, they were talking theater this, theater this, you know, PAD this and that. And I was like, oh my God, you know, no wonder I'm so sad. Like I, I miss, I miss those people. Yeah. And when I came back to college, I took acting one and intro to backstage because they were like the prerequisites to everything else in the theater department. And I was Makes like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll get a theater minor or something. Right. <laughs> and uh, and in that intro to backstage class, I learned about the technical director. And that's the marriage of theater and architecture. And when I figured that out, I was like, that's what I want to do. And I yeah. and I never looked back. Um, and I, I transferred into the liberal arts school out of the architecture school. Uh, and I was, I was super lucky. My parents were really supportive, um, of making that move. And, uh, uh, and that's, and I've been doing this ever since. Um, did you, um, make a specific choice to come to the twin cities then? Cause you said you're from New York. Um, or was it kind of like a super accidental, original start. Uh, yeah. So, so I figured out in college that, um, that I wanted to be a TD, that I was an okay carpenter, but I'm not a fantastic carpenter. Like I'm an organizer and a planner. And mm-hmm. When I graduated school that I didn't know anything yet, <laughs> I was really green. Um, and, uh, so I actually chose to, and I did a lot of summer stock. Like that's, they said, go to summer stock. That's where you mm-hmm. learn. Right. And so I, I did some summer stock and uh, but when I graduated, I, I felt like I, I needed to learn more. And so I went to grad school, like straight out of college. Um, and, uh, uh, and so I, I applied a few places, but I got into Yale. And so I went to the Yale school of drama. Um, and I was a, a technical design and production, uh, uh, graduate of, of, uh, 99 that dates me. Um, and, uh, and when I graduated um, in grad school, I figured out that I wanted to work in regional theater. Um, and so, you know, I was 25 or 26 and, and I didn't have any ties anywhere yet. And so I, I looked specifically when I graduated for assistant technical director jobs at big theaters, big regional theaters, because I knew I had gotten a taste at Yale of, you know, Broadway designers and lots of automation and all these kind of cool big Mm -hmm. things, you know, but I didn't want to be in charge yet. I wanted to be an assistant and I wanted to learn from someone. Yeah. Um, And uh, in 1999, uh, the Guthrie was moving from having one ATD to two. Um, And they uh, had just hired one ATD and they were looking for a second um, and I got a job. And so, uh, you know, having never been to Minneapolis before, really, (laughs) uh, I said, it's the Guthrie. I mean, like, you know, that's, amazing and i um mm-hmm. uh it was a huge opportunity and um and so i moved here and that was in in 99 um and now i've been here 20 years i can't believe it <laughs> never in a yeah. million years did i <laughs> did i think i'd live in minnesota but here i am um are there are there is there you said that you really wanted to go to regional theater why was regional theater important for you um to look at 
as an option instead of like touring or Broadway or many different uh, types of theater. So why was regional so important for you? That's a great question. You know, when I was growing up, living so close to New York, you know, I was like, I'm going to go work on Broadway. I'm going to be 20 mm-hmm. something and live in the village. And I had no <laughs> idea what that meant, but it sounded cool. Right. And, um, and the ironic thing is I never ended up being 20 something and living in New York ever. <laughs> um, but, but what I, I didn't understand what Broadway was. I didn't understand that Broadway was commercial theater. Um, and uh, in in going through college and then in grad school, I did five summers of summer stock. Um, and what uh, what I really grew to love was the camaraderie of working with the same group of people in a space where you could kind of get mm-hmm. to ha- you had a company you know of people and the plays changed, but the carpenters always stayed the same. Like the the, the department heads stayed the same and. You know, you could like go into the theater and remember that that door was eight foot seven every time you had to walk through it <laughs> yeah. and um, really kind of get in to, to know a place and, and sit there and um, uh, and not, you know, just build something and send it off and build something and send it off. And, um, and I, I realized that that was regional theater. Um, and, um, you know, I, I. I like traveling, but um, I don't know. I I thought maybe at some point I would tour, but then like it never happened. I don't know. I you know I kind of I got ensconced and and I, I still had so much to learn and and mm-hmm. um and so I was uh, you know now twenty years into my career um, or or you know more I I what I've learned about myself is that I am not a creature of change. Mm, okay. And and I think that's why regional theater has suited me so well is that I've been able to get in somewhere and really kind of learn all about how that place works. Um, and then once I've learned some, like work slowly over time incrementally to continually make it better, um, whether it's the processes or the people or the whatever, um, to, you know, continue to... Um, uh, make it better. Just continue to pick at it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, listen, there's great work that happens in lots of places. You know, the commercial work is gorgeous and, <laughs> and big and, you know, they've got more money than I'll ever see in my job. Yeah. Right. And, and touring is amazing. You can see the country and you get to, you know, work at, at tour house, roadhouses all over and meet great local crews and, um, you know, but I have a family now and, and, um, I think I'm, I'm a little past my wanderlust days. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. You, you needed more of a home base for your kind of to thrive. Makes sense. And everybody's a little different in that way. Um, and I, I guess the other thing I would say is that I thought, oh, well maybe someday I'll teach, right? Like uh, first you learn and then you teach. And I felt very strongly about like, you have to learn how to do it and go out there before you mm-hmm. should teach someone. Now, whether that's true or not, I've, you know, that's anybody's like, you know, opinion. When I was 25, I was like, I don't know how to teach anybody this. I'm still figuring it out, you know? And so, uh, so I figured, oh, well, I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll work somewhere for a while and then maybe someday I'll teach. And now again, having done it, I don't think I could do that. You know, there's amazing work that happens in universities and colleges, you know, across the country. And I don't think I could handle it if my workforce changed every four years. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't have that carpenter, you could say, I know that so-and-so can do this. Yeah. Makes sense. I get uh, that. Again, I, I really like building those kind of long relationships. And so mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, so that's why I've, I've stayed in regional. I think it, it fits my personality and my work ethic and my strengths and, um, you know, and, and there's so many different ways to, to get involved. And so we need some regional people and some university people and some, you know, other people. So, yeah, people in all the different areas. Um, so we, we said that your job title is uh, at one point an ATD and now you're a technical director. Uh, can you explain what your job is in kind of like layman's terms for someone who maybe doesn't understand theater or is, you know, that kid who's 10 and likes to draw and loves theater? What would what would you explain to tell someone like what your job is? You bet. So as the technical director, um, the analogy I give non-theater people um, is that if you wanted to build a house, right, or build an office building, um, you might start with an architect and the architect decides what it should look like, right? How many floors there are and where are the windows and the doors and what color is the carpet and what kind of molding is on the door frame, right? But the architect doesn't actually build the building. The architect says, this is what I want it to look like. In theater, the architect is the scenic designer. They're the person who says, this is what our world is going to look like. Mm -hmm. In the real world, when you build a building, the person who actually builds the building is a general contractor, right? They figure out how much it's going to cost to build the building, and they're going to hire all the trades people to do plumbing and HVAC and the concrete work and the structural analysis, right? And they're going to figure out a schedule of how long it takes to build the building. And then they're going to actually build your building, right? They're going to buy all the materials and, and leave the leave the different trades in, in making it happen. They're going to draw up the plans and they're going to you know paint the walls and, and actually make it happen. Mm -hmm. right? And so in theater, I'm the general contractor. My job is about taking the scenic designer's ideas and actually making them uh, bringing them to reality. So I'll take their, either their model or their renderings or their drafting, and then I'll work with my team and my shop to figure out how much it's going to cost, right? How long it's going to take us to build it. Um, and if what it, what they, what the designer wants is, is too expensive or it's going to take too long, then I work <laughs> with them to send it back, say, Try again in this yeah, area, <laughs> you know, to, to come to budget, and um, and that's a whole process, right? And yeah. um, and then once we we have decided, okay, we can afford this design, making it happen, you know, drafting construction drawings for the carpenters, um, and uh, you know, buying all the materials. I do all the accounting for my department. Um, I hire over hire carpenters, you know, if if it's more than my staff can can do on their own. Um, working with our charge artist, our head painter to make sure that they can do all the finishes on all the, the raw things that we build um, and uh, making the schedule for how long it's going to take to build everything, coming up with the plans for how we will install it actually on stage when it's time, um, and then doing any notes once the, the show is built. And we're in technical rehearsals to, to support the crew um, and the actors who are, who those are really the end users of, of, you know, our product. It's not the, the scenic designer doesn't get it. The, the actors and the crew get it. And so making sure yeah. that, you know, they can safely do whatever it is they need to do on stage um, yep. to do the show. That makes sense. So I, I like that analogy. I may try to remember that one. Not oh, yeah. One. Here. Like, that's a great way to say kind of those steps of how that changes um, from one to another. Um, when you came to the Twin Cities, I'm assuming you didn't really know much of a network of people. Nope. Um, was there Was there any ways that you, like, kind of 
built that other network of people or like places that you wanted to work or people you wanted to work with maybe? Um, is there ways that you'd maybe did that? So it's a, it's a great question. And, and, um, uh, I was, I didn't know how to do that at all. Um, and I'll be really honest with you, nine months after I got to the Guthrie, the person who had hired me, who was the, the technical director of the Guthrie at the time was Dan Culhane. Mm -hmm. Um, and ironically, Dan Culhane had come to the Guthrie from the children's theater company. He had okay. been there for a number of years as TD. Um, and he came to the Guthrie and, and Bill Teasy came to CTC as technical director. And, and so Dan hired me and, and Dan was there for about nine months. Um, and about nine months after I got there, Dan left. Uh, the Guthrie was not a good fit for him. He's a great guy and incredibly brilliant mind. And, you know, he's president of USITT now, right? Like he's, he's a good guy and has, you know, done amazing things in our field. Um, but the Guthrie, it just wasn't a good fit for him. And he left. Um, and then for like, I think it was 13 months, um, there was no TD. And so there were two of us who were ATDs. There was me and a man named Craig Pettigrew. Uh, and we shared an office for, you know, nine years together. Um, and so all of a sudden we were co-acting technical directors at the Guthrie. Right. It's and I was a shift from wanting to be an ATD. Yes. It's a huge shift. And you know, I was 26. <laughs> I mean, some of the carpenters there, Tom Truax, who was, was the master carpenter at the time, he had been at the Guthrie like my entire life. So mm -hmm. <laughs> all of it, like literally for 25 or 26 years. So like, here I am, this young girl coming in. He's like, you're going to tell me what to do. You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, so for my first couple years there, I was just, I wasn't looking anywhere else. I was just trying to figure out how to keep afloat and, you know, and listen to our credit. Okay. Craig and I, we got the shows up and done. And, you know, we had a, we had a great staff of people there who, you know, helped us through and we all worked together and, you know, and there were like rocky times all, you know, as there always were, but um, we really bonded and, until they hired a, a technical director. And so it kind of wasn't until Jeff came, Jeff Denstead was who they hired. Uh, he came from the McCarter. Um, and, and so it wasn't really till, till he came that I even started to like get my head above water to like look and say, oh, there's like other stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, back in the early 2000s and, and, um, you know, the Guthrie's an amazing place, but, um, but it was very insular and that was just the culture. Um, you know, at the time we kind of didn't look to anybody else cause we didn't have to, um, you know, we, we had lots of, you know, resources and lots of stock stuff. And I, I just, I didn't, and I didn't know, you know, I, I was naive. I didn't know how much there was here, um, to, to, reach out and look at and I, i'm sure like i remember going to see plays at other theaters um but but to be honest not as many as i probably would have liked to you know it's part of it is like as much as i love doing theater at night when i get to come home sometimes i just want to come home you know it's like yeah. you work at a bank you don't go back to the bank at night and like roll around in the money in the vault like scrooge mcduck right like you go home you leave your your day job and you you know so yeah uh, Seems like a missed opportunity, though. They should do that. <laughs> <laughs> totally right. I would love to do that. Uh, but you know, so I, I didn't kind of look into the the theater community at large um, until I left. Um, and I will say, I have learned more about the theatrical community in the last twelve years when I've been at CTC than I did um, at the Guthrie. And uh, and so it, it took me a long time to build my network. But again. 
you know, that's on me, like, because I had a staff job and I wasn't, you know, looking uh, to, to go from job to job, gig to gig. And I, you know, so I didn't have to, I didn't have to learn about a lot of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. And, um, but I didn't know, I didn't know I should be either. And, um, and I'm sad. I feel like there were so many missed opportunities for, for me at that time, you know, which is why when I came to CTC, the first thing I did was I reached back out to the Guthrie and I said, we should have a relationship, right? Because I knew what it was like to, to be isolated at the Guthrie. And I didn't want yeah. the, the next group coming in to feel that way. Um, and, uh, and, and I started to open my eyes to see just all the amazing places, you know, just so many, you know, um, out yeah. here, Latte yeah. Da and Mixed Blood and June Loon and Illusion and, you know, all of the, whatever that, you know, the jungle and, um, all of these that, that are so nice and, and, and doing great, great work. And, um, we should be connected as a community. Um, and I'm, I'm sad it took me this long. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you think the community has gotten a little better about themselves being connected or is that just more that where you were, you were isolated or do you think it's like overall we as a community have kind of tried to become more connected? Is that something you're seeing or do you just think it was, I was young and learning? <laughs> I definitely have to, I take a, a lot of responsibility for myself. I think there were people who, and also the position I was in, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I was also, I was management, I wasn't labor. And so, you know, if you're, um, if you're over hiring or you're, um, you know, working at a few different theaters in town, it's much easier to access that community um, yeah. I saw lots of amazing people come in and out of the Guthrie, but I, I didn't have cause to interact with anybody except with people in my little, your bubble. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, you know, in the early two thousands, you know, social media and like, just none of this existed in a way it does today that I yeah. think connects us, um, much more easily. Um, and so uh, I think it was just harder, um, to, to, to know that things were out there. But again, I mean, I, I I put a lot of it on just my own naivete, like, and not, not knowing that I should be looking out there. That makes sense that, you know, when you're young, you don't always realize that that networking is important or helpful or whatever. Um, did you in your, um, I know you, you worked under some really great other TDs and things like that. Did you ever have someone who you kind of looked at as as like a mentor type person or is it kind of like you worked with multiple people and learned from all of them you know it's interesting Uh, this is um uh it's something that actually makes me really sad um is that i don't feel like i ever had a mentor i feel like i've had to kind of figure it out on my own um and i don't know i don't know why that is um you know i've had uh, i've been blessed to work at a few places, but for a very long time. Um, I was at the Guthrie for nine years. um, And now I've been at CTC for 12, um, which is crazy (laughs) to me uh, to just uh, to think about um, my career that way. But, um, and I, you know, I, I did do, I don't know, a number of summers of summer stock, but I sort of did one, one year at each place, kind of moving up the, the ranks of positions and whatnot. And, and so, you know, I, I, for better or worse, I learned a lot more from what I, what I saw that I didn't like than what I saw that I did like. Okay. 
which is also like a totally valid way to learn stuff. Um, and, and, um, but I, I wish I had someone who I felt like really knew what they were, I don't know, really like led a great shop and, um, I've had to kind of figure it out on my own. And listen, I've made a, a gajillion mistakes. You know, I've, I've made everyone in the book and I'm going to keep making more, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so (laughs) this goes to speak to something that, that it took me a really long time to, um, uh, to come to terms with. It's like, uh, four or five years ago, I kind of came up with this theory that like, when you talk to technical directors, there are two kinds of technical directors out there in the world. There are the technical directors and there are the technical directors, right? There are some people who are really technical. They're like gearhead math number people. They are, you know, they know all the materials on the planet and they remember the coefficient of friction and the, the, you know, motors Mm -hmm. and gears and, and they're very, um, they're great problem solvers and, um, uh, you know, but they're not necessarily people oriented, right? And then you have the directors, the people who are like your your classic type A list maker, box checker, offer, you know, scheduler, organize all the people kind of people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, uh, and I think that that in order to be a t- good TD, you have to have a little bit of both, right? Um, but I think a lot of people I have worked under were technicals and I am more of a director. Um, and I, uh, and I used to, I used to be really insecure about that. Um, and look, uh, look, okay. I know a lot of technical stuff, certainly enough to, um, do my job safely, you know, and, and create safe scenery and safe, you know, stages mm-hmm. for actors and crew and, and, um, you know, but the most important thing I know is that I don't know everything. Yeah. And, yeah. and that I'm not afraid to, to say that. And I'm not afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I've, I've spent my career surrounding myself with and bringing people like into um, my work who have a lot of different diverse talents so that even if I don't have that skill, I know who to ask. Right. Or yeah. I, I can like figure out some questions to ask and ask a couple people. And if they don't have the right answer, then I know they're going to help me find the next person that I can ask and, and then, and then I can assimilate the data. Right. And yeah. and yeah, make an informed decision. So I think I've worked under a lot of technicals, but I'm a director. Yeah, um, makes and, sense. and so, because <laughs> I didn't have that sort of model, like I didn't, it took me a long time to, to kind of come to terms with who I am and, and what kind of manager I wanted to be. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I like, you know, I remember watching, um, Jeff, uh, Denstead, um, you know, just kind of make some, what I thought were like unbelievably like huge blunders about kind of misreading the people in the shop, not the technical yeah. design, but the people. And like, he totally didn't see it and couldn't get it. And I, <laughs> you know, like I remember once we were doing two shows at the same time, look, and Jeff was brilliant. Okay. And I will say that like the design of the building and the shops and the stages of the Guthrie, he had a huge hand in all of that and, and mm-hmm. how functional it is. Like I, I absolutely credit it to him. Um, and I did learn a ton from him, but I remember once we were like, we were doing two shows and we were going to split the shop so that like half the people were going to work on one show and half the people were going to work on another show. And he mm-hmm. says, okay, we'll call them team A and team B. And I was like, 
you can't do that. He's like, why? And I said, would you want to be on the B team? Right? Like yeah. you can call them um, the, the jets and the sharks. Okay. You could call them the yeah. red and the yeah. blue. You could call them, you know, whatever the apples and the oranges, you can't call them a and B, right? You know, how would you feel if, if you were on the B team, because there's like other connotations in society with that, right? Like yeah. he, he totally didn't get it. Um, and, uh, so you know, I don't know, it's kind of some, some of that kind of stuff, right. That, mm-hmm. um, that I, I don't know. I learned along the way, like, because I was, oh boy, that's, that's a mistake, dude. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Do you, do you think some of that maybe comes from the fact that, uh, you are a woman working in mostly male dominated fields? Does that seem to kind of creep into some of that knowledge that you have about like how to manage people? Not because women are better at that, but you're so used to being the, in a sense, the outsider in this big group of people. Has that affected a lot of your career, especially because you're in charge usually of the shop? Yep. <laughs> nope. Yep. My nickname with the Guthrie was A-bomb. Now, I don't know that they knew that I knew that, you know, I don't know what I did that earned me that nickname. Um, uh, very much so. I mean, I, um, I don't think that, um, I don't think I'm bad at my job because I'm a woman or good at my job because I'm a woman. I think I'm different at my job because I'm a woman. And I think Mm -hmm. that, um, our field, you know, historically has not had women, um, in leadership roles in the scenic area. Um, you know, we've, we come from a tradition of white men, uh, for better or worse. Um, and a lot of really talented, you know, smart guys. So I think men and women are different. Um, I'm not a yeller. I'm not a, I don't know. I'm not explosive like that. Um, I'm a New Yorker. And so I am, um, (laughs) and I am, um, I am emotionally expressive. And I think that is different than um, some of the um, more emotionally restrained Midwestern people that I work with here. Um, And I think that is a, is, is as much of a, an issue and a difference um, as the fact that I'm a woman. Um, But I definitely think that it has affected my job and my career. And, um, you know, part of it is like, I did not spend a long time, um, like working in a shop and kind of working my way up. Right. I did, I did it through summer stock one year. I was an intern and then I was a carpenter and then I was a, yeah. a master yeah. carpenter and then an ATD and then a TD. It's so, like, I have spent some time sort of going up through the ranks, but primarily I've always been a manager. And, um, and because I'm, I didn't come from being one of the guys, right? Like I will yep. never be yep. one of the guys. Um, also because I'm not a guy, right? Like, so <laughs> yeah, you're not a guy, one of the guys it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> and, you know, after now working in this field for 20 years and, and sharing an office for 20 years with a guy who had the exact same job that I did, yeah. I can't begin to tell you the number of times that I was mansplained or that they didn't take my idea. But when Craig said the exact same thing, they did. Um, yeah. and that's super frustrating, you know, and, and, and um, and again, I don't think it was malicious. I think it's the way our field and our society has trained people to, to, you know, interact. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so like, I think I also didn't have a lot of mentors because there weren't a lot of women 
in our field doing what I did. And, um, you know, I, I, for a long time, I was the only female yeah. TD in regionals. Everyone, everyone kept telling me that. And I, and I was like, that can't be true. Like that, how is that possible? And, um, and then five, four, maybe four years ago, I did some research and like, so I, and you gotta like take this all with a sort of salt lick grain of salt, right? Like it's um, <laughs> a big but one. I, right, a big <laughs> grain of salt. I did some sort of um, uh, some research where I, I took the list of theaters, the TCG theaters, and um, in the sort of top three groups, the groups four, five, and six. So this is groups I think in two and a half to five million, five to ten million, and ten million dollars and above theaters of that okay. size, and. Um, I, I looked at the production manager's black book and, and the, I went to the websites of as many of these theaters as I could find. And I wrote down the name of the technical director or the ATDs. Um, and I looked at who was the technical director, you know, at all of these theaters. And there's 20, 25 or 26 theaters in the um, top group, the largest group, which is both where the Guthrie and, and children's fall, um, you know, and, and overall, um, uh, I think I came up and then I, I looked at everyone's name and then I, I Facebook stalked some of them and I Googled them, right? I looked for their LinkedIn <laughs> profiles and um, to see whether I thought that they identified as being male or identified as being female. And I made gross assumptions. You know, if your name was Timothy, I assumed you were male identifying. And if your name was Elizabeth, I assumed you were female identifying. Yeah, and I understand like that is, you know, not... Whatever. And, and there were some people that I could not identify what I felt like was their, uh, the, uh, in the binary gender. And I, and so I wrote, yeah, yeah. you know, non-binary, like I couldn't, but it, um, for the most part, I think I came up with, it was like, uh, 11% in the top three tiers. And in the very top tier, it was 6%. So, uh, of TDs who were women. Okay. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I am one of the few. <laughs> one of the few. Well, that does that kind of give you a little bit of like the fact that there was 11% in that lower one, it wasn't a smaller number? Is that like a little bit of like, okay, so maybe some of those will trickle up and maybe it's getting more? Because um, I guess now it's hard to do the, like, can you go back and be like, in 1990, when you were an ATD, were you one of the only... It's hard to do that math now. And, uh, and it's not important. I mean, it's really not important. No. You know, um, I will say in the last four or five years, there's been a big shift and I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm yeah. super thrilled. You know, LT, um, Gorzong is now you know, TD at um, uh, ART and um, Natalie, I think it's Natalie Bell is TD at the arena, or at least she has, she was for a number of years. She was an ATD who was promoted up. Um, and uh, uh you know, and again, like, so, so now there, now there are more, but it's still mm -hmm. fewer. Um, and it's, yeah. it's even way fewer in, in university, I feel like, but, but, um, but I didn't, I didn't have a good uh, selection set of those. Um, and, um, you know, I'd love to, someone to continue to do that research and, and, you know, and then I've like, I've gone to USITT, right. So USITT is a big, you know, educational organization about theater technology, and yeah. for those who don't know, right, United States Institute of Theater Technology, and I've gone to the Technical Production Commission um, meetings, which is like where all the TDs and production managers, you know, are really mostly TDs, yeah. I guess, right, and heads of theater programs of universities. And you look yeah. around the room, and it's 20% female, maybe, you know, and, and in the last few years, when, when we've been able to go to the conference, 
yeah pandemic not with notwithstanding um you know the um leadership has gone gotten up and said you know guys like we have to do better um and um and i guess you know look i don't i don't think of myself as that different or that special i'm just a td in the midwest right you know i happen to be a woman but i just am a td in the midwest and Actually, a couple of years ago, when I, I I hadn't gone to USITT for I don't know like 15 years or something, a very long time. Um, I, I went when it was here in the Twin Cities, which I think was in 2003, and then I went again in 2016 um, because I uh, my ATD um, had moved on and I was hiring, and it was right before USITT, and I was like, that's great, I can meet a bunch of people, and it's you know, yeah. great great place to network to and face to face, yeah, yeah, for sure, and. Um, and uh, so I, that's when I, I went to that technical production meeting for the first time in a very long time. And I saw Andy Lyons. Now, Andy Lyons is like a legend, right? So she had gone through the program at Yale. She was one of the first women. There were two women in 1980 who were in that program. And Andy was one of them. Um, okay, and okay. she works in upstate New York as a lighting designer and a TD. She's been head of that uh, program, I think it's at Albany, um, for a very long time. And, you know, she was one of the first women who started... Um, there was a, a, like a little black book of women in technical theater, you know, back in the late nineties, because there were so few of us and it was like a networking thing for the women in the production side. Um, and so she was like, you know, someone I remembered and I looked up to and, um, I, I guess, but I hadn't seen her in a very long time. And, and I remember I saw her at that production meeting that that technical production meeting and i was i kind of waited in the end and i like i went up to her and i was like hey like i don't know if you remember me you would know me as adrian levy like it's you know i've been in the midwest so good to see you and you know it's like how have you been and she looked at me and she goes oh my god i'm so glad you're back where have you been and i was like (laughs) wait me like you you remember me? I was just, I was floored. You know, I, I didn't think anybody knew. And she was like, no, we need you. You're, you're one of the few, like, please yeah. come and, you know, be an advocate. And I was just, I was floored. I was really touched. Yeah. It's, it's weird when you're gone for so long, you're like, huh, how did you, why would you remember me? I get that feeling. Um, have you, have you noticed, uh, there's like, uh, with, because I'm assuming a lot of times the pool of people who become TDs, not always, are people who maybe were carpenters at one point. Are you seeing more female carpenters in shops much? I know that the children's shop might not have a lot of turnover because I don't, it's not a big shop. (laughs) Um, So you can't fit too many people in there. But like in your time, have you noticed a shift in that at all or not much on that end? I think not enough. Um, you know, I think here in the Twin Cities, there are very few um, shops that have full-time staff, and the people who yeah, have those jobs, um, they uh, are very um, proud of them, and they uh, and they don't leave. And so, you know, I have people in my, um, uh, you know, in our shop at CTC that um, have. I think the newest person has been there six years now. You know, the longest person has been there twenty-seven. So it's, it, you know, and same was at the Guthrie. People were there a long time. So those positions don't open up, those full-time positions, they don't yeah. open up very often. And so it's hard to move the needle when you don't have a job available to give someone. Yeah. Um, I will say I have seen more women in the overhire pool 
in the last four or five years. Well, that's good. Um, which I mean, is great, you know. And, hopefully and, they can sneak in one of those positions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, and I, I certainly try to hire women when I can. Um, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes um, either they're not available, you know, they're already working somewhere else, which I also think is great, you know. Um, also, you know, at Children's Theatre Company, um, we are union shop, right? So we have a collective bargaining agreement with IATSE. Um, and uh, uh, our, our particular contract has um, a seniority clause. So when I hire people, I have to go down a certain list of seniority. And so sometimes if I only have, you know, one overhire position and the senior yeah. most person yeah. is male, um, th- okay, well, then I'm done. Like I don't have an opportunity to and, – and they can take the job, right? Then yeah. I don't have an opportunity. And and uh, and look, I'm not knocking the union at all. I think the union is great. I'm actually – I've always been a union supporter. I, I think that the union is, is really important. And um, But at the same time, as a manager, it – it does tie my hands a little bit to to bring new people into the shop. Yeah. Um, you know, if if I see someone really great, but I have to follow the contract and and you know, and I'm happy to honor that. That that's not a problem. Have to but, follow um, that. that. Yeah. So. Um, but I I have seen more women certainly in 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 the shops, which which is great. I mean, I I think it's fantastic, and um and I think that that in the last two or three years now there is a much more concerted effort. Um, yeah. You know, and I will say. The last time around, when when I did hiring for our ATD, um, you know the the people I brought into the final round, I brought all women, um, and I'm thrilled. Our ATD now is Kelly Persley, um, and I'm I'm thrilled to have another woman in the office with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a different different point of view, different experiences too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know that that was nice for me when I was. TDing myself that I could call another female TD and be like, I have some questions. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, so that, that was a very nice thing to know that like, uh, even though I didn't know you, I could call you and say, I would like to talk to you about this and see what happens. Uh, have you noticed more of that kind of stuff in the twin cities or is that not really something you're seeing or was I a weird fluke? (laughs) Which I might be, I don't know. Um, uh, no, you're, you're not a weird fluke, first of all. Um, and, uh, and, and I actually wish more of that happened. Um, I was really grateful to, to get a call from someone to say, Hey, can you help me out? And I'm always happy to help somebody out. I think, I think one of the, 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 um, pitfalls of regional theater is that, um, exactly what happened to me at the Guthrie happens to so many of us. We kind of, we get into our one place and then we think, Oh God, I have to solve everything myself. Um, and we, we don't, um, look out to the larger community and I, um, I want more and more of that to happen. Um, uh, I will say, um, that there have been some people who have reached out for help with stuff. Um, uh, I feel like John Stilwell did it when he was at the jungle and, um, and now, oh my God, I just blanked on, um, their name. Who's at, um, Latte Da. (gasps) Bethany. Thank you, Bethany. Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry, Bethany. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, you know, <laughs> it's Bethany hard. Names has, are tricky. <laughs> yeah, Bethany has reached out saying, "Hey, you know, do you have something like this? You know, I have to make something like this." Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I, you know, there's a there's a, a technical directors forum. Um, there's like a list, like an ancient listserv TD forum. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, there's like I don't know. I feel like 20 people on it. You know. 
and it makes me sad. You know, listen, we're all doing the same plays or similar plays, yeah. right? We're all solving the same problem. We all have to push the bookshelves, you know, books off the shelf and blind spirit or whatever you're doing, right? Right? We don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. But I think that there's sometimes this feeling of like, well, I have to solve it on my own. Otherwise, I'm going to look yeah. bad. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just don't subscribe to that. I I mean, like I said before, like I'm the first one to say, I don't have all the answers. How could you possibly? There's, especially because sometimes people ask me what I do. I say, I make prototypes, right? Like every set is different, right? Every time we we do a show, the the ideas that we use are the similar, but the details are always different. And it, um, you know, because in this show, you only have six inches to fit it in instead of 10 from last time or whatever the you know whatever the um the small you can't issue. actually fly it in this theater but it needs to fly somehow <laughs> exactly yeah. you know and so i think we're stronger as a community when we reach out and we help each other and and um uh i think it happens more from from in my experience is it happens more from smaller organizations up to larger ones and less from larger ones down that's been my experience oh like the smaller ones are getting the help from the larger ones that yes that's that yeah. smaller organizations are are asking for help more help from larger organizations and i think yeah. part of that is just it's a resource issue yeah you know, smaller organizations have fewer resources in, in terms of money or time or stock or whatever and so um they look to larger ones to help them and that's why i always try and you know lend someone a traveler track or something you know a crash pad yeah. or so, because none of us have enough money to do what we want to do <laughs> Use the leftover piece of scenery from said show for new show. Exactly. I've done that a few times. Exactly. From places. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know how to give you or how that would work the other way around or what would work. Maybe it's just a, a, a way of conversation from the larger one to the lower one. Um, I don't yeah. Know. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the, the sort of the larger the organization you get to, um, because you have more resources at your disposal, you know, it, it's less of a challenge, you know, but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I still reach out to other people and um, the, the um, MJ Sedlock, who um, is a TD and production manager up in Maine, um, she has tried to kind of reboot a, a Google forum that is a TD, um, a, a TD forum. Uh, and so, you know, I've asked a ton of questions on that and I think we're, we're trying to kind of make it newer and fresher than it, you know, the, the old sort of CompuServe listserv yeah. um, of the, the late nineties that, that um, I think is still in existence. I haven't logged onto it in a really long time. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, certainly like, I don't know, a couple, couple summers ago, maybe now it's like, I needed to buy a full stage Marley, you know, and I've, I've worked in theater for 20 years. I've never bought a new full stage Marley, right? Yeah. Like I've bought a little piece here and there, you know? And so I put it out there. I was like, Hey people, you know, I have the opportunity to do this. We're going to do it for the show. And then it's going to become a stock item. Yay. Right. And yeah. Um, help me out. Like before I spend $5,000 on this object that I'm going to have for the next 15 years, you know, what do you like? What are the pros and cons? And and I got great responses. So which I was super for, thankful. Yeah, that kind of thing makes sense. Were there, are there any um, like goals that you're still kind of like shooting for or things that you're like, wanting to do as a TD, whether it might even just be that's still like at children's, is there like a dream project that you want to do? Or is there another like 
I would love to go work at this place, even if it's for a day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I, um, you know, I'm always learning and I, I still feel like I have more to learn at children's and more to offer at children's. Um, I love CTC. Um, yeah. you know, I was not looking to leave the Guthrie when I did, um, you know, it, it just so happened this position opened up and I kind of said, oh, like, I'm going to what if myself for the rest of my life, if I don't at least explore, you know, I think it's what's over there and, and what that's about. It is rare in our field. I think that you get to move laterally job wise or move up and in regional theater, um, and stay in the same city. You know, I think unless you're in a really big city like Chicago or LA or, you know, Dallas or something, you know, where there's more than one regional, most places in the country, there's kind of one big theater in, in town or even in a few towns. And so, yeah. um, you know, and it, I, I'm so grateful that, that I was given this opportunity. I was ready to lead my own shop at that point. And, um, you know, and that, that Ellen, uh, uh, offered me the position and, and, um, you know, and I've learned so much, um, you know, in these 12 years. And I, I feel like we've made things better. Like we've definitely helped and made things better, but there's still more that I want to do. Um, you know, and some of it is, is, um, I don't feel like there's another place that I'm like dying to go and work. I guess I, some people have this drive to continually earn more money and move up the food chain more and bigger, 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 like I, I don't have that gene. Um, I, I, like I said earlier, I guess I like to kind of get in a place and, um, and really figure it out. And then incrementally over time, um, take away at it, you know, uh, in the last few years, I've really been focusing on, um, even after doing this for, for a long time, focusing on, um, my management style. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm constantly learning and I, I think it's taken me a really long time to understand um, that uh, the way I um, the way I deal with people sometimes is misinterpreted. Um, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier that like I'm an emotionally expressive, you know, uh, emotionally, <laughs> you know, extroverted New Yorker, right, East Coaster, yeah. um, and I think so many times in my career here in the Midwest. I've had conversations with carpenters or designers or whomever, and and I'm like excited about what I'm doing, and so I'm talking louder and I'm using my hands and I'm, you know, going going <laughs> and and I think what I'm putting out, you know, or or what they're perceiving is, oh my God, she's going nuts, she's out of control, she's really angry, right? <laughs> when really I'm just excited and passionate, right? And so mm-hmm. they are. Like I'm watching them like step backwards and move away and, you know, and get quieter and quieter and more introverted. And what, what I'm thinking is why don't they care about this? And what am I not explaining? Right. And I don't get it. And what's wrong. And you know what, and that's not it. They're thinking I'm mad and I'm thinking they don't care. Neither of which is true. Neither of them are right. Yeah. And <laughs> none of it is about what we're actually talking about, which is scenery. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. You know, and I, I definitely kind of had a reckoning with my department about like, oh gosh, you know, like I think we've had a really big miscommunication. And so, so that's something that I want to continue, continue, continue to, to work on is just making sure that I'm, 
I'm communicating in a way that people can hear, you know, and I, um, uh, positively and, and, um, I'm not a control person. Um, although I'm sure people who <laughs> work in my shop uh, might say different. <laughs> um, maybe we'll interview them later and we can ask them. There no, you go. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, I definitely, um, I, you know, it's something I'm still working on. So I guess that is something mm-hmm. I'm always conscious of and still working on. You know, what I love to continue to learn more about automation and have opportunities to bring more to CTC, you bet. I think it's super fun. I think it is the future, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in a, in a way of, of just, you know, being able to deliver bigger, faster, brighter, um, you know, yeah. and, and in a way that is safer for the crew so they're not pushing heavy things or, um, you know, uh, and safer for the actors if it's, you know, exactly repeatable or whatever. I mean, and, you know, I'm so lucky. Our crew at CTC is amazing. We've got a bunch of just great people who've been there a long time and they really um, are just, um, their heart and their passion is in the work and, um, you know, but but um, I, I just, I'd love to bring more of that. I think it's fun and um, helps tell the story in a great way. Um, I don't know. I'd love to learn more about, you know, Arduinos and programming, that kind of stuff, you know, but I just, I don't have the opportunity or the time often. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, there's so much to do, you know, hopefully I still have a lot of years left. Hopefully we'll, we'll get to come back to this soon. Yeah. Has, uh, you did mention automation, but besides that, you know, along with automation and things, but has a lot of what you do changed, um, over the years, you know, has it switched a lot from being almost all wood to more bells and whistles or, or are you seeing a lot of it just kind of similar, um, in that range? Has it changed a bunch? I think because I've worked primarily, you know, for the last 21 years, I've worked at some pretty big places. Um, I think that has all been pretty similar. Um, Mm -hmm. When, uh, in terms of like constructing things out of wood and steel and foam and fabric, um, I think I haven't seen a ton of new innovation in that respect. Yeah. you know, certainly there are some better, greener products now. Um, you know, I think there's this new, like, uh, Rev, Rev, Revolution Plywood, which is like the Luan substitute that we've come across in the last couple of years um, that I think is pretty awesome. It First of all, it's it's green. It's more sustainable than killing a bunch of trees in Malaysia. And, um, and it stays flatter, which is nice. Your scenery doesn't potato chip nearly as, uh, <laughs> as much. Yeah. But I think material-wise... I haven't seen a ton. Um, I think automation wise, you know, when I came to the Guthrie, they didn't have, um, they had some PLC logic, but a lot of it was hydraulics. Um, and it was a guy on a, a ag valve, an agricultural valve, like, you know, push on, push off. Um, yep. you know, and I kind of, I've done that job. Right. You know, <laughs> and I kind of couldn't believe it when I got there. Um, because I had just come from Yale and we had all this Hudson technology and, at the time they were DWOOs, they were, or, or AWOOs, they were analog winch units and um, Goddards, you know, where you would program the limits and, you know, a couple dials on the front and you'd push a button and the thing would go. And, and I came to the Guthrie and I was like, oh my God, like we need some winches, man. Like we got, I got, I got stuff for you. And yeah. no one listened to me, right? No one uh, listened. And two years later, when Jeff got there, who he was also a Yale grad and, and he had been at the McCarter and he's like, oh my God, we need some Hudson winches, right? And then we bought five. Yeah. So yeah. 
that that was a moment actually of like nobody listening to me right and yeah. um and so I think that, and since then, that sort of trajectory of bringing in Hudson gear and then now uh, Creative Connors gear, I think there has been a trajectory of, of making automation um, more user-friendly um, yeah. in terms of AC motors and, and uh, uh, variable frequency drives as opposed to DC motors. Um, but, uh, and even so, you know, I think CTC is a good fit for me because it's the right amount of complicated for where I'm comfortable and where I um, can be successful. Um, yeah. And the more complicated stuff I can't afford. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that makes sense. You know, for better or worse. Um, and so uh, uh, it's, it's good in that I'm still learning, you know, and I, I still, I'm trying to push the envelope in terms of what we can do and what we can offer for designers and directors and, um, but also knowing comfortably what, what we can accomplish and, and which is, you know, which is still great stuff. Um, yeah. Did that answer your uh, question? <laughs> yeah, I think it did. I mean, cause it's, it's always tricky to know, like, especially cause at, at the level of regional theater, things get to you faster than they do at the lower levels, like yeah. the, you know, the more local theaters and things like that. So like, I'm curious, like how much of that has trickled down to some of them. Um, yeah. It yeah. might have, it might not have. I've, it didn't while I was at the places I was at. So um, that's different. And I, I do think in um, some stuff that we do, um, you don't need to make it more complicated. You know, yeah. if you have a little pneumatic cylinder that pops or something, that technology has been around for a long time and it, yeah. it it doesn't need to get more complicated, you know, so it hasn't. Um, you have a guy with a stick. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. To, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes we say, you know, at children's theater, the magic is people, right? Like instead of a mechanical something, there's a crew person poking a stick behind it, right? Yep. And that works. <laughs> the audience doesn't know. And it's, it's, a, it's lower tech magic, right? But it works. And it's still just as magical from the other side. And yep. I mean, now, ironically, that crew person is actually probably more expensive than the cylinder. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're hiring a person, so that's kind of nice. But you exactly, but job. you're hiring a person, which I do think is very important. And, um, you know, so so I guess there's pros and cons. So, like, I, I do think one thing that has changed a lot in the last 10 years is the um, the influx of LEDs into scenery. Okay. Um, and LED magic and LED tricks and... You know, in, um, you know, light boxes used to have to be these huge, yeah, you know, you put lights in smaller things, right? Like super deep to have enough room to get the light to spread or to bounce it off the back and spread, right? Mm -hmm. You know, LEDs have just, they've changed all of that. I mean, you know, um, and, and being able to import that technology from, you know, China um, at a, at a much more reasonable cost. Um, I think that has changed a lot. Don't have to vent the heat out of them because there's not they're not hot. Exactly. You know, all exactly. That kind of stuff. Makes yep. Sense. That kind of low voltage, you know, stuff is uh, it's safer. It's more accessible. So I feel like that kind of stuff has changed a lot. Um, I'm sure there's more, and I I don't know. I'm just not thinking of it right now. But well, and if it doesn't, uh, if if the shows you're doing don't need it, then you wouldn't use it. But yet, whatever that new technology might be. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Again, even what you do goes back to what does the show need. Um, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reason to, to automate things is, you know, I think is, is twofold. One is safety, right? Both for, you know, if it's a big, heavy piece, making sure, you know, that crew are not hurting themselves moving it. 
you know, and two, repeatability, making sure that um, it's going to be there in the exact same place every time so the actors know and they they don't get hurt. Um, but also, if I could have a, a winch push this thing, then I could have my crew person do something else. Yep. Um, that makes sense. You know, and, and I, I guess I think of automation not as a replacement for a crew person, um, but as an augmentation for, for the amount of artistic magic we can do. Yeah. Well, then you can have, instead of having two people push this thing, that thing can do that. A person can maybe watch it to make sure it's doing the right thing. And the other guy can be setting up the next scene or whatever. So exactly. Or receiving yeah, a, a handoff from an actor. Or, exactly. Then yeah. It can even kind of if, be right. somewhere else. Right. Even if you automate something, you still have to have somebody running it, right? It's not like yep. the, the crew goes away. Um, it's just yeah. a uh, a different way to do it. So it might be somewhere else. Um, if, yeah, I guess it's a question that would either be if you had to tell yourself this, but also like someone else. If there's someone who like say wants to or thinks they like the idea of TDing, um, what would you kind of have like told them? To say, hey, what should you try to do? Or if you could tell your 10-year-old self, hey, this is a job, um, what kind of things would you like uh, recommend that they look at or, or do to kind of check that area out, I guess? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And, you know, we get a lot of tours of kids who come through CTC with their school or, you know, with a Girl Scout troop or something. And um, mm -hmm. And what I say to them all the time is I say, who here likes to play with Lego, right? And a bunch of them raise their hand, right? And I say, who likes to color and draw? And a bunch of them raise their hand. And I said, I used to do all that stuff when I was a kid, right? Yeah. And if you like to engineer things and solve problems and um, you could do this too, you know? And, and um, I, I think for, for, uh, for a younger person, you know, to tell them that, um, that you can do this as a job and, and make a living. Um, mm -hmm. Well, pre-pandemic, um, you can, you know, that, that you can do this and, and help create these great worlds and, and um, help tell stories and, and be part of the magic. I think for older people who, you know, who are in high school or college, um, I think, you know, go to theaters in town and say, hey, can I shadow you? You know, can I just hang out in the shop and watch what's going on? Um, you know, can I stand backstage at a show and see what's happening. Um, you know, go to um, read the books that are out there and watch the YouTubes. Now you can, so much is accessible just from your yeah. you know, living room, <laughs> right? You know, watch videos on backstage stuff. And, um, but I think the most important thing is you have to, you can't take it too seriously, right? Like um, we do adult dress up for a living right? We, it's really important artistic adult dress up, you know, but I think having a good sense of humor about what we do is pretty important. And I think you have to be someone who is, uh, if you want to be a TD, you have to be organized and you have to be a logical thinker. Um, and you have to know that um, the most constant thing is change, right? Because it's a collaborative process, you're going to go through it and all the best laid plans are going to fall away and then you're going to have to change something. Yeah. Um, and so if you're comfortable with those things um, and you're good at collaborating and working with people, then that's the most important thing, in my opinion, um, to be a good TD. 
yeah. you don't yeah. have to know all the technical stuff. You don't have to have all the answers, but you have to not be afraid to ask questions, right? And and uh, to, to to know where you might go to find the answers, um, whether that's people or Wikipedia, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, and you just have to have a lot of curiosity. I feel like um, yeah. I think what I wish someone had told me when I was younger was like about the differences between commercial theater and regional theater and educational theater and opera, like understanding how all of that is theater, but those are four very different worlds. Yeah. Well, and understanding how the backstage even works different. Cause like the performance, yes, is different in all of those places, but the way the inner workings, the cogs works different. Yeah. uh, From one of those to another. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I think I, I that's something I, I like to tell people about, you know, that um, what what part of the process is it that you love, right? And and figure out, you know, what the right setting is for you um, mm-hmm. uh, to go through that process. You know, the part I love is establishing relationships with people and kind of getting in one place and staying there and having the play change and having the designers change, but but the, the overall systems stay the same. And that for me was regional theater. Um, you know, yeah. if you, you love like a really energetic, excited workforce, um, you should work in the educational system because people come in, you know, young students come in and they have so much energy and passion, you know, for, for what they do. And they may not know a lot, but they are ready to listen and learn. And, um, yeah. you know, then, then you should work in that scenario. You know, if you, um, you know, want to explore the world, then, you know, go on a tour. You won't sleep a lot, right? But you'll get to meet cool people. and <laughs> You'll get to maybe go to a cool place and see a few things or nothing. Yeah. Depending. Depending on how long you're there, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, is, uh, has uh, this craziness of this pandemic um, changed your work entirely are you doing anything with ctc currently because i know they're not doing any in-person shows um but i didn't know if there was anything that they actually are having you work on in this interim yeah so i am on furlough um which i have largely been since march um i had a number of weeks sort of on and off during the spring and um a couple at the end of the summer uh ctc was able to uh, receive one of the ppp loans um, and uh, they used it to um, honor our union contract and, and finish out the um, guaranteed weeks for our union staff members um, through the okay. end of our season. Our season is, is July 1st to June 30th. So, um, so I was brought back um, for a couple of weeks in the summer just to help organize some projects for the, the carpenters and, and be a manager on site um, for other um, uh, department members who... Um, we're in finishing out those weeks, and I'm super grateful that CTC was able to do that um, for our staff. Um, and then I was in for a little, a couple weeks um, in August, helping prepare for our gala, um, our annual curtain call ball is our big fundraiser. Um, this year it was a, a virtual event, um, and but we did um, very carefully and safely um, film, um, f- I think five different videos, um, uh, music videos that were part of. Um, the online uh, YouTube um, uh, event. And so I came in to help organize some backgrounds and stuff for that. Um, But really beyond that, uh, I have been furloughed. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, my own perspective on it. And, and again, this is like my own feeling and I'm not speaking for any other department head or any other person at CTC. Um, you know, my job is to produce the plays. And if we can't be producing plays, then I don't think I should be working right now. I think the theater should be saving my salary for when we can come back and I can yeah. uh, hopefully do plays again. Uh, I also recognize that, like I say, you know, I recognize all the privilege in me saying that. Um, I'm lucky I've been able to collect unemployment. I'm married. I have a husband who's still working full time. You know, financially, I'm I'm very grateful to to yeah. be okay so far. Um, and you know, so while I definitely think that I should not be working right now, I also want us all to be working because I know so many people who are out of work and who, you know, need to salaries and money and, um, you know, to, for, for us to, to move forward. And so it's, um, it's just yeah. really, really difficult. Um, you know, I, I, at this point, my recall date is, um, in the end of January. Um, I, uh, the hope is that CTC will produce, um, two shows in the spring, um, a, a one person show, a remount of, of a one person show in the end of March. And then, um, our production of Annie, um, our spring musical that we were supposed to do in uh, <clears throat> March of 2020. Um, and that, that would open in the end of April. And I, I do not know if that will happen or not, or if they'll get postponed. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's crazy. I, never in my entire career have I had a break like this. Um, yeah. I think like so many of us, um, you know, we've been lucky to, to work or to move from gig to gig and um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for the break in that, um, I'm also a mom. And so this has allowed me to, for the first time ever, be a stay at home mom for my two kids, um, mm -hmm. and really get to really get to spend some good time with them. Um, and, and, you know, to be able to help them with distance learning and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I know so many parents who are trying to work full time from home and usher their kids through school. And it's just untenable and brutal. And, and I believe it's what we need to be doing. I don't think we should be back in schools, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's, it's just not safe yet, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to have the privilege to, to be able to be home with my kids and, and, yeah. and take, take a mental break. Um, you know, but I'll be ready to go back. I, I, I feel so blessed that I love my job and I, I'm passionate about our field and I'm, about what we do. And I, I can't wait for us to get back. I, I hope it's, I hope we can get it under control. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Is there anything else that you'd want to kind of share or, or a topic that you'd think that you'd like to talk to us about? Uh no, you've asked great questions. I just, you know, <laughs> be safe, wear, wear a mask and, you know, support your local organizations, right? Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see how our, our country and our field comes out of this. Um, yeah. You know, I think our field is, it, we were at the beginning of a reckoning um, of, of starting to really try and deal with um, the issues of inequity in our field. Um, and... I don't know if this, if this, the great pause is going to be um, helpful or hurtful in continuing that fight. I think, you know, 2020 has been a milestone year in so many ways. And um, I hope that when we do come back, you know, we come back 
um, with our eyes wider open uh, and and some new ideas and some new some new ways to handle what's what's going on and and um, and make space for make space for the, the work that our field needs to do um, while yeah. we all sort of claw our way back to, to the new normal. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next, I guess. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'd like to thank you for coming um, uh, Adrian and, and answering my questions, who knows how well they went, but they were uh, great. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. I um, did. Thank you so much for asking. It's it's my pleasure, and and you know, listen. I think it's I think it's great that that um, you're putting a spotlight on the people who don't uh, normally get seen, and I think that's that's important to know. You know, there's a lot of different ways to to get involved in theater, and it's not all on stage. So so thank you for asking great questions and uh, uh, going on this endeavor. Thank you for joining us for this episode of We Shadows. If you enjoyed it, please recommend it to your friends, colleagues, and students. We Shadows was created by Liesa Behrens, Rachel Lanto, and Anita Kelling. It was recorded over Zencaster and produced by Anita Kelling. Our theme music was composed and performed by J. William Kelsch. Special thanks goes out to the wonderful folks at Technicians for Change. We Shadows can be found wherever you search for podcasts. Thanks for tuning in this week, and be sure to check us out every Wednesday for new episodes. Mm-hmm.